When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. Great to be back and spend time with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Talks from Nebraska football. Evan, uh, good to spend uh, a few minutes here and Nebraska closing out 2023 with uh, a big old smile at the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando, man. They did. They kind of stole the show. Two commitments with uh, Ethan Nation and, and Cam Lenhart, who, of course, had been previously committed. But, you know, anytime you can sort of have your, have your program come up multiple times on national television in a game that showcases – talent, uh, you know, from all the major programs around the country, uh, that's a good day. And, and I think anyone who follows Nebraska recruiting for any amount of time can recall instances where some of those uh, televised signing moments have not gone their way, or, or maybe it just uh, is sort of flamed out. Um, so in this case, they, they get a couple of guys who have some pretty big offers elsewhere. Uh, Lenhart's a guy that they wanted. You look at some of the schools that were after Ethan Nation, it's, it's pretty impressive, even though he's, uh, you know, in the industry, a three-star prospect. So strong finish. Obviously, those guys had signed last month, and, 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 they, and Nebraska was able to make that official uh, later in the day yesterday. But, um, yeah, absolutely a strong finish. Puts them at 30, 30 uh, high schoolers, JUCOs, transfers to this point. I'm sure they're not done adding, um, but absolutely a strong finish as they start the new year. When you look at, at Len Hart, I mean, Nebraska has some variety, don't they, with that edge position? I think uh, Len Hart's versatility, obviously, get after the quarterback, put your hand in the dirt, but Evan, he's a guy that can drop into coverage, too. Right. I mean, and that's the name of the game in, in some of these defenses now, and you look especially with the 3-3-5 the that Tony White's bringing in. Is, I mean, you're going to need guys uh, that are versatile where you don't necessarily have to make a ton of substitutions. Somebody who can uh, you know, hang against the defensive linemen, stop the run, but can also drop back and, and maybe uh, drop into coverage with a, with a tight end or someone like that. And Lenhart has those sort of measurables. Reminds me a little bit of Caleb Tanner, I think, in terms of athleticism and body type and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that position develops for Nebraska because you, you look at the attrition they've had with Tanner and, and Mathis and Garrett Nelson turning pro, I mean, right now your most uh, experienced edges are guys who had reserve roles last year, like Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnarsson. So I don't know that uh, they're necessarily done addressing that position. Maybe Len Hart's a guy who can come in and, and make an impact right away the way that Caleb Tanner did back in 2018. Um, but, but those are guys that you just can't get enough of, right? Like you, there are certain positions 
that you that if you, you can find a good player at that spot you're going to take and pass rusher is always one of those and i think the other thing about his recruitment specifically is it's another example of matt rule and company really uh, being able to build a relationship quickly and close with guys that they identify i mean again linhart decommitted back when all the the, the transition was going on with Nebraska and had offers elsewhere, like you detailed. He could have gone to a lot of different schools. But ultimately, uh, you know, Matt Rule and company stuck with him. Uh, he, he trusted them. He obviously was impressed enough with Nebraska, uh, the place, as much as the staff. And they get him back in the boat. And, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a major, major signing and, and probably one that will go a little bit overlooked um, after the bulk of the class was sort of celebrated last month. For him to come in, he seems like a guy, uh, based on his own merits and based on the, the needs of the team, that could be a, an impact player sooner than later. It's Evan Bland with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Evan, when you talk about how Linhart fits into the three-three-five, I want to take a second and go back to, I mean, the three-three-five this past weekend against Big Ten foes because it did pretty well. Syracuse did a pretty good job balling up Minnesota's rushing attack. Michigan didn't run the ball with the same success that we've seen all year long, at least not in the first half. They, they got it going a little bit in the second half. And then Illinois against Mississippi State, that their rushing game was atrocious against Mississippi State. All three of those teams, 3-3-5s. Three, three, Did that give you some confidence with the 3-3-5 three, three, moving forward? Well, I think it's an interesting example. And the Michigan one uh, against TCU, to me, stood out because of the comments afterwards from Michigan's side saying that that was the sort of alignment that they really hadn't seen much of during the year. And we saw how that affected their play calling on offense, especially in goal line situations where you just expect Michigan to pound the ball and to uh, assert its will to get across the goal line there. And they were, you know, doing some different funky things and misdirection. I think that's absolutely a sign of a team that is a little unsure of what it's doing or, or certainly doesn't have the, the mentality of, uh, of being a confident favorite, that sort of thing. So, it is interesting, and it's not to say that Nebraska can be TCU's defense right away. I mean, they have a, they have a lot of ballers, a lot of explosion, and I think their scheme maybe will be a little bit different than what Tony White will run at Nebraska. But, um, you know, again, I think it places a premium on guys who are versatile. So you think of guys like, you know, Javen Wright or Isaac Gifford, um, you know, the guys who you feel comfortable with in coverage or coming into the box and making a tackle. And so I think, too, you look at some of the players that they've uh, recruited, I think you can make an argument that a lot of them are coming in with an eye toward some of that versatility that we're talking about. I mean, they took a chance on a guy like Vincent Carroll Jackson, who's a really raw, toolsy defensive lineman. Um, you, you know, the, the junior uh, junior college edition, Kai Wallen, is somebody who can sort of play that D end or, or outside linebacker spot. So, uh, I think the, the name of the game is, is versatility. And then, um, you know, the challenge for opponents then, as we've seen in those games that you're detailing, is you just don't know where the pressure is always going to come from. It's not your traditional sort of 4-3 set where you, you can kind of see, you know, what different defenders are doing. You might see a linebacker blitz. You might see it come from the secondary. Um, some of these players, they, they sort of uh, line up on similar levels, so you don't necessarily know who's who and who and, and where people are coming from. So it's it's just something different for people to prepare for. And I think um, you know just that alone can be valuable. And then you add again some talented playmakers. The way Nebraska appears to be recruiting. Um, and it's the, just the sort of change of pace that can be pretty effective. Evan Bland with his few minutes here. Hail Varsity Radio. Evan, uh, two names that we're hearing 
and and you're hearing uh, for Nebraska to round out their staff. Rob uh, Dvorak, and linebacker, he's the backers coach with Carolina, and then Garrett McGuire, son of uh, Tex coach, twenty uh, four year old, likely the wide receivers coach. Does that does that shock you? Twenty four year old coming in. <laughs> I think he's still uh, he's still 23. I think he turns 24 next month. But yeah, it's uh, so I jumped the gun on him. My fault. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, like I think what I was doing at 23 uh, was not being the you know an assistant for a power five program. Certainly, um, you know I think it's interesting because we've talked and I've thought a lot about the conviction that Matt Rule has with his vision, and we've seen that in recruiting how they've gone after some sort of under the radar prospects and I think you see that with his staff too and this is not unprecedented by the way you look at his history uh, in 10 years as a head coach he has given many guys their career breaks and they have many of them have gone on to some pretty good success there's a guy by the name of Fran Brown who's the DB's coach at Georgia who, who rule hired, hired at Temple uh, Elijah Robinson was another guy that he gave a big break to as a young 20-something at Temple now he's one of the top paid defensive line coaches at Texas A&M um, you know, you mentioned Joey McGuire, who Rule hired out of the Texas high school coaching ranks. Now he's the head coach at Texas Tech, and so I think it, it continues sort of this this idea that Rule has, um, you know, certain traits he looks for in coaches. He wants them to be moldable. He wants them to be uh, totally bought into his vision. And you talk about a guy like Garrett McGuire, um, you know, who, who knows how that'll turn out, right? You, you've seen a lot of examples thrown out there, uh, reminding that Lincoln Riley was uh, about the same age as a receivers coach when he really started his career in earnest. Uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. is another example, or Lane Kiffin were young 20-somethings too. So it's possible that he could end up like that. Um, I, I think in the short term, it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska balances that because, you know, again, how how do you sell that on the recruiting trail to a, you know, a wide receiver that, that your position coach is is going to be, you know, 24. He was a, a backup quarterback at Baylor, um, and and maybe he is a great football mind. But it, it'll be an interesting transition to see how that goes. So I, I think even though there's potential for long term success, uh, Nebraska's going to have to be intentional in the short term, um, you know, to, to, to get guys on board with the vision with somebody who's who's so much outside the box in terms of age on that kind of hire. Now, I should note that just from my experience going to high school camps and whatnot, 24 seems a lot older to an 18-year-old than it does to somebody who is, say, <laughs> 25 and up. But oh. the portal. <laughs> <laughs> That's even, true. Even things or, or when your starting quarterback is older than your wide receiver yeah, coach. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Evan, we'll wrap with this. 2023 is here. And your level of optimism with Nebraska football, uh, most Americans per a uh, MSN poll are optimistic about the year. Uh, when we talk about football and what's been inherited by rule versus the build, how's that mesh going to work? A, a year from now, are we talking about a bowl victory or at least a bowl appearance? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think that's where the conversation starts. Uh, you know, you look at Matt Rule's record, track record in his first year, and at, at Temple and Baylor, it wasn't pretty. I mean, I think they won, you know, one game, two games. Uh, but those programs were coming from, I think, a lot different spaces than where Nebraska is now. I mean, Temple was not, wasn't all that many years removed from almost being shut down as a football program. Uh, of course, Baylor coming off of the the, the you know the, the the sexual misconduct and all of the 
um, you know, fallout from that. So Nebraska, yeah, they haven't made a bowl game since 2016, but the, the fan supports there, the NIL supports there, the infrastructure's there. This should not be a situation where Nebraska's winning two or three games next year, in my opinion. Um, you know, you look at the roster reset that they already are well underway with. With 30, they're going to end up with 30-plus new bodies, new faces here Uh next year and, and I think some of the players they have coming back um, add to that optimism whether that's Casey Thompson or Anthony Grant or AJ Allen uh, you know at the running back spots Quentin Newsom today um, you know signing with the, the Nebraska collective to stick around I think it was not a given that he would be back um, for a fifth year at corner so you know there, I think there are uh, there is a healthy blend of, of guys coming back who you feel pretty good about continuing to be contributors um, and, and then you look at some of the transfers whether that's Ben Sims at center uh, or I'm sorry Ben Scott at center or Jeff Sims at quarterback um, so on and so forth like it just feels like they're, they're going to have the horses and to me the big question becomes how quickly does this staff adjust to the Big Ten and the bear that that is because we saw in the frost era that that adjustment came slowly in a lot of ways and, and really not at all in some other ways. And so um, if you can adjust to sort of the, the slow it down uh, in the trenches, clock management, protect your defense style of play, if you can, uh, you know, evolve into that quickly, then I think absolutely Nebraska has the, the horses to be able to be in the conversation for six wins. Um, I, I just, I don't see a scenario where they win, you know, three or four games next year, just based on, on what we've seen so far in the off season. Evan, good to get caught up in the new year. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year.